you know, we all want to be people, whether it's in the personal arena with our families or our social network or our, our organizations, we want to be people who are laying down tracks for the future, who are part of building value into the lives of our family and our colleagues and our, our social network. And if we're always in, you know, relationship upset, if we're all, you know, high anxiety people, if we're all, you know, doing things and, and going home that night and saying, boy, I wish I hadn't done these things, you know, uh, we, we probably need to look at some of this. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember, leaders make things happen. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Hey, I'm so happy to have Henry Deneen on the show today. Welcome, Henry. Hans, great to be with you. Thanks so much. Henry is the president of Greater Europe Mission, GEM. And uh, how long have you been doing that role, Henry? Uh, since September 1 of 07. Yes, and uh, just a little bit about your background. You have an unusual uh, pre-qualification for leading an international <laughs> ministry. Uh, I know you had some ministry experience in Europe. What did you do before you went to GEM? Yes, well, uh, I was actually a trial lawyer in South Carolina, Hans, uh, also a city judge there. I represented the former governor of South Carolina as his legal counsel for several years and then moved with our family to San Francisco, got my MDiv there at Golden Gate Seminary. Then we moved and lived in Europe, as you said, in southern France near Marseille and uh, led work uh, in a Muslim closed country in North Africa for several years. Uh, after returning to the States, I actually set up a company with the former governor, David Beasley, called the Center for Global Strategies, whose focus was to find ways for business people to engage among the nations. And so was doing that when I received the call to Greater Europe Mission. Awesome. And now you're in, what, your seventh year of that. Uh, we're going to talk today about emotional intelligence, EI. And uh, I'm going to assume that the listeners don't have a clue what that really is all about. And I i don't know a lot. I, I have learned from you. I've read a couple of books, but uh, let, let's just start with the basics. Let's put the cookies on the lower shelf. What is emotional intelligence? <laughs> well, it's been a great journey for me too, Hans, I'll have to say, and I give great credit to you for helping me walk through this journey up at Denver Seminary. Uh, I actually began focusing in on emotional intelligence three years ago. Uh, I had a class at the seminary with Dr. Harv Powers, and he talked about the idea of blind spots. And really, it was the first time that I had begun to focus in on the question of blind spots. That is, what are things that go on in our lives, maybe behaviors or whatever, that uh, we engage in that we may not see. And uh, so I, I started to research blind spots, and that led me to the whole area of emotional intelligence. And uh, emotional intelligence is, is, is really what it says, and that is just being tuned in both to yourself and to others. Uh, I say it's, it's having savvy, it's having finesse, it's being aware of blind spots, and not only being aware of them, but being willing to uh, redemptively address them coming into a room, understanding dynamics in a room, understanding that maybe you may have a default reaction, 
but it's not the best reaction in a particular circumstance. And so it's been a great journey for me learning a lot about the concepts of emotional intelligence as well, Hans. Uh, what are some of the most important books on the topic? If the readers wanted to uh, read, I know there's some real seminal works on this topic. You mentioned the seminary, by the way. You're working on your doctorate there, uh, your doctor's degree at Denver Sem, and I'm helping you uh, work through your dissertation, which is fun. Uh, if a person wanted to read one or two good books on emotional intelligence, where would you lead them? And I will have these on my podcast notes as well. For those of you who are listening, you can go to com and uh, you'll see the, the podcast notes. But what, what are... Just just a couple of the best books on the topic. Sure. I'll give you three, Hans. Uh, one, and I'm actually working through a training module with our top leadership team in Europe uh, for the next three months on this issue. And I've asked them to read two of these books, and then I'm going to include a third one as well. The first is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Uh, by Bradbury and Greaves. Excellent book. It's kind of what I would call a primer on emotional intelligence. There's a test that you can take associated with that book, but that's a good read that will give people a, a good, broad stroke understanding of emotional intelligence. And then there's a book, a second book called Immunity to Change. Immunity to Change. And that's by Keegan and LaHaye. Excellent book that has a personal x-ray in it that we do and we're going to be doing and perhaps I can talk more about that in a moment. And then the third book is a book specifically about blind spots. The author's name is Malandro, M-A-L-A-N-D-R-O. It's called Fearless Leadership, How to Overcome Behavioral Blind Spots and Transform Your Organization. Wow, that's quite a title. I like that title. It kind of says it all, doesn't it? It does, and the reason I like that is because this is a personal journey, but it's also a corporate journey. And that's one thing that we're finding in Greater Europe Mission is it has to start with ourselves, but it's going to broaden out and it's going to bless not only ourselves, but our families, those whom we lead, and entire organizations. And so that that's another critical book. Okay, so let's get into uh, the first question that I would have is, uh, what happens when a leader does not have emotional intelligence? And I'm going to assume that most leaders don't, and I, I've been guilty of that myself. Uh, what are What happens when a leader is not in touch with their blind spots? Well, the problem is, uh, and this goes to the question largely of, of feedback. This is one thing that I'm learning in this whole arena is as leaders, many times we aren't open to feedback. We aren't open to uh, addressing our own blind spots. We respond in our default ways, which may or may not be positive. Uh, and it has, a, it has a real negative effect on others, on their willingness to talk to us openly, on their willingness to give us advice. Uh, you know, in the, uh, in the book about Abraham Lincoln, Team of Rivals, it was said in there that uh, he never wrote a letter in anger. And that's a great principle for us because oftentimes, you know, you get an email, your default is, well, you know, I'm going to tell that person exactly how I feel. You send off the email and then you think, great day, what have I done? <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's just the, 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 the understanding of emotional intelligence, understanding of ourselves personally helps us to behave in a manner that helps others, our family, and our entire organization flourish. 
and really be the best people we can be. Helps us speak into the lives of others. For example, we had a team leader uh, at a gathering of Europe, uh, Greater Europe Mission leaders in Athens, Greece in January, and he stood up in front of the whole group. And he said redemptively, he said, I know my default is to respond in what you all perceive as an angry way. He said, I want you to know, number one, I'm not angry. I know it comes across that way. But number two, I'm committed to work on this. And he's one of our top leaders. But when he said that, you could just tell through the whole group that it resonated and people were thinking, gee, I, I wonder what the same type of thing is in my life, <laughs> yes. you know, that I need to confess and, and work on. How did this leader uh, come to this realization? You know, I think uh, he, he has received feedback uh, from people. You know, he's a, he, he's a great guy, and, and he's a, a guy whom we all love. But sort of his default is with his body language and, and just the, the way he responds often, it seems as if he's angry when he's really probably not. Uh, so I think it was a combination of those factors. I'm sure his family had input, you know, in that as well. Okay, so one of the big takeaways, obviously, is you cannot grow in emotional intelligence without feedback. That's that's really how it happens. Yes, I learned that early on at Greater Europe Mission. I attended a, a conference, and they were asking about our openness to feedback, and it was the one thing that I took away in my own life that I needed to improve upon. And now we talk about it a lot in, in Greater Europe Mission and in, and in our family you know, willingness to hear what other people have to say. In fact, my children have kind of started a bit of a joke and they, they now come to me from time to time and say, Daddy, we're going to tell you something you may not want to hear. <laughs> uh, and even though it's a joking uh, thing, it's a good way to, to open up those conversations. So, you know, people may want to try that as well. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Let's just take a little rabbit trail on the family for a minute because probably everybody listening has is connected with the family. Uh, how did you broach that topic? I, that sounds very threatening to me as a parent of four children to uh, openly uh, fish for negative feedback. So how, how did you broach that with your kids? How did you make them guinea pigs and get started down that road as a family you know it's, it's been really interesting and i encourage people listening to this podcast to do the same thing hans but you know throughout my professional career and as a dad of four kids you know we've always tried to involve our kids in in our ministry and our lives like you and donna have and so as i've been on this journey of emotional intelligence We've sort of brought our kids along with us. Uh, my wife is an elementary school guidance counselor. And, of course, I tell people she's been counseling me for the 28 years of our marriage and uh, is way ahead of me in emotional intelligence. But as a family, we've talked about it. And it's even gotten to the point over these last couple of years where, you know, our kids are seeing examples of both good and bad emotional intelligence. And, and one thing I do want to point out in that regard is it's good also to give positive examples of emotional intelligence, not just always, oh, well, you know, that person's lacking or, boy, I wish he or she wouldn't have done that, uh, because we want to affirm people when they demonstrate high emotional intelligence also. But the kids have have become a part of that. And it's amazing how you see that in schools and in their jobs and in their relationships as well as in our family. 
I know that uh, as a leader myself, I've seen people come to work for me or with me. And, uh, and many times these people have never had anybody be honest and truthful with them. You know, they've yes. grown up protected in the, that little bubble where they haven't had that feedback. And sometimes it's very painful and threatening for people. Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. And, and, and you know, everybody's not open to, you know, receiving feedback and you sort of have to, you sort of have to walk gingerly in that area. But, you know, that there's a, there's a whole piece of emotional intelligence called uh, an amygdala hijack. Um, wow, that's this, that's a big word. Or a couple. That's a, that's <laughs> what a what is word. that? <laughs> uh, I barely know how to spell it. But yeah. anyway, the amygdala is a part of your brain, Hans. That um, uh, is is kind of your fight or flight uh, portion of your brain. So an example would be someone comes into your office and says something, and you think to yourself, you know, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and I'm going to say that. And so your amygdala gets inflamed and and you say or do something that is just something that you're not proud of, something that you wish you could take back. And so the idea is how do we keep, what systems do we put into place to keep our amygdala from being hijacked? There's a story at the beginning of the book I mentioned a minute ago, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, about a surfer who was attacked by a great white shark. And, you know, that would be certainly fight or flight. And But he calmed himself down and he was able to remember what he had been taught to do and he survived. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is that happens all the time. You're, you're in a grocery store, you're talking to a colleague, you're with a family member, something happens, uh, you have a tendency to fly off the handle or engage in some kind of unproductive default behavior, and you say to yourself, and, and our family now says, you know, are we about to have an, an amygdala hijack? It's <laughs> kind of become a fun thing, but we've also started to say it in Greater Europe Mission. You know, hey, we don't want to be a mission that goes around having these hijack experiences all day because what happens is it's devastating. I mean, it, it hurts people and, and makes them look at you in a, in a different way and in a less positive light. And so, boy, that's a big area also. You'll read about it in Emotional 2.0, but that's something that I think for our society, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about not being easily offended. And we need as a people to learn how to control these behaviors in a, in a more positive and a more Christ-like way. You know, that's so true, Henry. I've seen this in the church churches a lot and in ministries uh, where you just get roots of bitterness between people because of those kind of events that don't get resolved. And then people wonder why there's no unity and why there's no progress moving forward. I, I love this topic. Answer this question. A person who is emotionally intelligent is... A person who excels in personal competence, and generally that's defined in two particular areas, self-awareness, but not only self-awareness, self-management. So you, you know yourself, you're aware of your tendencies, you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses, but even more importantly, you're able to manage that. Uh, so let's say, for example, 
we don't want to come into a room and just declare what the answer to a problem is before there's even been any discussion among the five or six people who are sitting in the office. And a lot of times leaders leaders tend to do that. So we have we we interject our bias and then it all it moves toward that conclusion. What we want to do is we want to recognize in ourselves, you know what, I have a tendency to come into a room and make a declaration and move things where I want them to go before I've even heard from others. So, for example, in my life, I certainly have that bias, and so I've worked on that. So now I'll come into a room and and won't speak or won't share my opinion until everybody else has had a chance to give their 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 opinion on a subject. So that's that's self-management, self-awareness. But there's also in a group a, a concept called social competence, which is social awareness and relationship management. And this is something that we're really focusing on with our leadership team in Europe. That is, how can they best relate to and lead the people whom they're charged to lead. So are they listening well? Do they have good body language when they're meeting with people? So it's it's not only yourself, but it's also analyzing these things in a social setting with other people. So I would say it's those two things, Hans, that would be demonstrative of a person with high emotional intelligence. That's awesome. You know, it reminds me of feedback my daughter has given me through the years. She said, Dad, you scare people. (laughs) (laughs) Especially women sometimes that work for you because you're tall and you're sort of overpowering in your personality. And I had a situation not long ago where – a person was printing out a whole bunch of stuff in color that were just drafts. And I just thought, man, that's a waste of ink. And I just told that lady, you know, it really be <laughs> what I was trying to say graciously is why don't, do you know how about, do you know about printing in black and white draft mode until you're ready for the final product? <laughs> and oh my gosh. And uh, the poor lady was so terrified. I found out later and so devastated by my feedback she put a little sign on her computer only print in draft mode <laughs> i love it i just well, terrified you know, it, her and it, and it was great feedback for me that i don't realize how i come across yes and you know one thing that i'm learning too in this whole arena is there is the short run but there's also the long run and you know we all want to be people whether it's in the personal arena with our families or our social network or our our organizations We want to be people who are laying down tracks for the future, who are part of building value into the lives of our family and our colleagues and our our social network. And if we're always in, you know, relationship upset, if we're all, you know, high anxiety people, if we're all, you know, doing things and, and going home that night and saying, boy, I wish I hadn't done these things, you know, uh, we, we probably need to look at some of this, honestly, in ourselves and, and try and make some improvement. And that's the good news about emotional intelligence because we can improve. And studies have shown that emotional intelligence, unlike something like IQ, emotional intelligence can be improved with work. And that's a piece of good news for your listeners. Yes, that's really great. Now, I, I think it's unusual that you as the president and CEO of your international organization are driving this. Normally, it comes out of 
HR or it comes from some other uh, sector. But I think it's kind of exciting that the president is so committed to this. Tell our listeners how you are implementing this throughout Greater Europe Mission uh, from from the chair of the CEO. And I've told you before, I said this can be threatening coming from the president. So how are you navigating that? And what is your vision for using this whole approach to improve the leadership of your organization? Well, we want to be we want to be people, individuals, and an organization of, of high emotional intelligence, and we want to bless others in this journey, too. So we've been talking about this internally for the last couple of years. Our, our mission family knows I'm on this journey. When I have a chance to talk about it, I do. I do podcasts from time to time and, and share some of these books and some of these concepts, you know, not trying to give everything to people all at once, but just carrying them on the journey with me along the way. And now that I'm really toward the end of my final paper at Denver Seminary, I've got a three-month training module that we're doing with our leadership team. And uh, this is something I think will be of interest to your listeners. We're we're taking a scientific test uh, called the MISCAT. The initials are M-S-C-E-I-T. Anybody could Google it and find it. Without Uh, that was M-S-C... E-I-T. E-I-T, okay. Um, while while we're uh, talking here, I'll get the actual names of the authors because it's it's the three names and then emotional intelligence test on the end. Yeah, and uh, email that to me, and I will yes. uh, put that on the podcast notes on my website so they can I'll find that as well. So you're, go ahead. You're using that as a test. Yeah, we're taking that as a test, but we're establishing that as the baseline. So as a matter of fact, I'm taking this test in the morning. It's 141 questions. You can take it online. But people say it's the best, most scientific test out there to measure your emotional intelligence. Uh, Now, I hope I won't score really low tomorrow. (laughs) You actually get the results almost instantaneously. It's it's a pretty neat process. But so our entire leadership team taking that test, including me, uh, there are 11 of us. And then we're going to go through a three-month period of discussing the test results, of reading these two books, of doing what I mentioned a few minutes ago, the personal x-ray, and that's in the Immunity to Change book, which is awesome. And basically, a personal x-ray is a is a chart that we each develop for ourselves where we look at one particular trait that we want to address and improve upon. Let's say it's anger. So we put down on this chart, okay, what's the issue I want to deal with? What are the obstacles to improvement? What are my default behaviors? What are my assumptions? You know, I, I, I hear something I don't like, and it's almost like, okay, I assume I've got to get angry, okay? And then how do we address that redemptively in a way to move anger in a positive way for us internally? So we're going to do the personal x-ray. Each uh, leader is going to pick one area that he or she wants to focus on, including me. And then I'll have both group uh, training sessions with our team as well as individual training sessions. At the end of the three-month period, all of us are going to retake the MISCAT. And I believe it's going to show improvement But this is a journey. I mean, this is something that we're not going to come to the end of three months on and say, okay, we're finished. 
this is a lifelong journey. But I'm, I'm really excited about this three-month training module and believe it's going to be uh, very illuminating for all of us. That's amazing. You know, that's so great, Henry, that, you know, my passion is to help leaders take their leadership to the next level and to grow because we never arrive. You know, the day that a leader says, I've arrived, <laughs> is the day that leader is doomed to failure. Yes, so I just love your passion to uh, to really build this into your team. We're just about out of time. So uh, one last thing you'd like to share, anything else about emotional intelligence before we wrap this up? Sure, Hans. You know, the one thing that I'm learning through all of this is there has to be personal willingness to undertake this and to improve ourselves. And, you know, I was talking this week with a group of people and they were talking about being A personalities and all this and people have different personalities. But as, as you said so correctly, we have to be lifelong learners. I've dedicated a lot of my paper to the biblical basis of emotional intelligence. And honestly, Hans, I've started with humility, of being people who are, who are humble, who want to be learners all their lives, who are willing to receive input and have people talk into our lives because we are all on a journey. So I think for all of us, that's a foundational, fundamental piece of success in this arena. I love it. That's great. Henry, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, what's the website that they can find you on? Our Greater Europe Mission website, just uh, gemission.org, gemission.org. Okay, great. And I'll um, put some of these uh, references and resources on uh, the podcast notes so our listeners can listen. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show today. This is just powerful stuff. Hans, thanks for the opportunity. May the Lord bless you and appreciate uh, all you're doing too is speaking into my life and blessing so many. All right. Thank you, fellow Southerner. Love yes, that. Sir. Love that accent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you. Take care. Have a blessed day. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.